Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined by Connor once again this week to break down the third race of the season at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Before we get any further, how are you doing today, Connor? Doing good, doing good. Uh, my sports season's kind of winding down here, so which means I'm getting more free time. The weather's getting nicer outside, and NASCAR's in full swing, so uh, it's a great time. Yeah, and I, I will just add that this is now an award-winning podcast. Um Sorry, Connor, that I was not in school for you to say to bear the brunt of the attention for it. But yeah, um, yeah, pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. Come out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, I'm sorry I'm I didn't tell you that I submitted it. No, you're good. It was a good surprise. I like good surprises. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, I don't think we posted yet. I've kind of been waiting till we get like apparently we're supposed to get a certificate or a plaque, but. Uh, the podcast won the uh, best podcast award for the Pennsylvania State High School Media Awards, so that's pretty cool. Um, and of course, the school had to go and spell it wrong in the email announcing it. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, but, but before we get any further into breaking down the race, quick word from our sponsors: uh, Washington on the Daily. Check him out at WSH on the daily on Instagram and Twitter for commanders news and updates. Spoilerdiecast.com. Use code QUICKPIT, all caps, no spaces at checkout for a special offer on any order $20 or more. And 213simware.com, your place for sim racing merchandise and gear. Go there. Links in the descriptions below, and you'll hear more about them throughout the show. So, Las Vegas, after a great race last year in the spring. We had a bit of a snoozer on Sunday. Connor, how much did you end up being able to watch? I ended up watching most of it. I know you were in and out yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So I missed the first stage, but I was able to listen on the radio uh, driving home for the second stage. I was able to watch pretty much the entire third stage on TV. And, you know, when you miss a stage, you you kind of get filled in. And, I, you know, I can kind of tell by the announcers on the radio that it was kind of a boring race. And it really wasn't a caution for cause until the Logano spin in stage three. So a lot of green flag running there from what I've heard. Yeah, we might as well get into the top 10 because there's not much that happened. Only two cautions for incidents uh, came in stage three and both were for harmless spins. I don't think there were. And then there was the multi-car incident on the last lap, but that didn't actually. They let the race finish under green because it happened at the back of the pack. So um there technically was not a, a multi-car caution in the entire race. Let's let's break down the top 10 here. Um, coming on in 10th, we have Daniel Suarez, who's one of only two drivers to finish in the top 10 all three races this year. Suarez has um, been, been pretty consistent. Uh, for someone that's known for having speed and not uh, sometimes lacking on the consistency, it's a pretty good start to the year for him. He was as high as fifth or fourth throughout the race, fell back to 10th on the final restart, but overall good run for the driver of the 99. 
Yeah, it's a very good run for him. And coming home in ninth is an ace uh, Swordhouse Racing car. It's Kevin Harvick, number four. Really the only car in that team that's really carrying his his own right now. The other three guys really, really struggled um, that were way back in the pack. And I think Ryan Priest um, didn't finish the last two races. I think he actually got caught up in the last race. So it's been a slow start for that team. Um, but Kevin Harvick uh, being very consistent. And he's going to one of his best tracks on the circuit uh, next week in Phoenix. So uh, look out for Kevin Harvick. He might be on the upward trend here. Harvick, uh, just because of his consistency, is now um, he is now third in the point standings, which is uh, pretty impressive given the fact that I don't think he's he's only led six laps and has not shown much speed at all. But he's uh, there. He is in third, uh, Mister Consistency. Uh, coming home in eighth, Justin Haley, who really benefited from the overtime restart. Um, moved up. I don't know where he's running beforehand, but it was, this, I think he's outside the top 15. Uh, comes in, I believe he took four tires on the final pit stop instead of two, like most of the field did, and uh, got around some guys and got his first top 10 of the year. And, and pretty impressive for him because I don't, uh, it's, I think it's his first top 10 at, at Las Vegas, but um, kind of a surprise here in the top 10. Uh, good for him. Yeah, very good for him and good for that team. Coming home in seventh is Martin Truex Jr., the guy who was up in, I believe, fourth fourth place before that overtime caution came out. He was the only one that decided to stay out, and he got kind of used up there, and he fell all the way back to seventh. He gave it a he gave it a try, and, you know, it's early in the season. Why not gamble? And I, I like that from his crew chief, James Smalls. But it was an interesting decision, but I think I think it was one you're willing to take. So Martin Tricks Jr. falls back, but still gets another top 10, seventh-place finish. I don't understand that, honestly. If you're sitting back there, I think when the caution came out, there were 19 cars on the lead lap. If yep. you're A.J. Allmendinger, Brad Keselowski, if you're Tyler Reddick, who Tyler Reddick seemed to have speed, he just couldn't get the track position. If you're Kyle Busch, why not stay out? You know... Do you really think if you're running 17th before the caution flies and you stay out and you restart second, don't you think you could at least, even though if you don't think you can win or hold the top five, I, I feel like you could stay further ahead than 17th though, you know, especially if a couple other cars pit with you or, or stay yeah. out with you. Like I was surprised. I expected it to be much more split than yeah, one car. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it's supposed to be more split. I think this strategy would have worked if he had if Truex had some guys behind him that would kind of buffer buffer that from the guys that took two or took four tires instead of him taking zero. I think that strategy could have worked, but he would have needed to have, you know, his teammates um like Hamlin who finished in eleventh, or even uh Tyler Reddick, um, that finished fifteenth. Like those guys, those other Toyotas, he really needed to have them help out to kind of buffer that. I think if all the Toyotas did that, I think one of those Toyotas wins that race. But we'll never know. If you block out the first two rows, I think the only way someone who pits, if if four cars or more stay out, the only way someone who pits wins the race is if there's another caution or they really take a risky move and try and go three three wide on the restart and make it stick. Yeah. Although, okay, so I was listening to the teardown this morning with – Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi post race when the 19 team went to take the tires off and load the car up, they couldn't get the right rear off. Like 
like they just threaded that lug nut. So it's actually really good that they stayed out because otherwise they would probably wouldn't have finished the race. That is true. That is true. That's kind of a blessing in the skies looking back on it for that team. Yes. All right. Kono in sixth, we have Austin Cindric, who ends up being the highest running Ford in the race. Uh, Ford was terrible all race long, but uh, Cindric ended up having a pretty solid run. Gets a sixth place finish. He qualified well, ran pretty good all race back half of the top 10 around there and uh, comes home with a, a really solid finish. I think it's his first top 10 of the year. Um, so that's, yes, it is the first top 10 of the year um, for Austin Cindric. Another guy who really benefited benefited from that overtime finish is that five is a 20 car finished, finished in fifth, uh, Chris Ravel. He was right around that fifth position, sixth, seventh position, right inside that top 10, I felt like, most of the day. And he was back in, I think, seventh or eighth before that caution flew for overtime. And he ended up gaining a couple positions and gets a, a top five. And I believe that might be his – is that his first top five? No, he already has one. Yeah, he, is um, he has top two five. fives on here. But Chris Bell benefited from that and gets another top five, so good for him. Bubba Wallace comes home in fourth. Uh, great run for him. He had speed all day long. Um and it moves him into into the the top sixteen in points. Now it doesn't really matter that much, but first top ten of the year he had he struggled the first couple races of the year. He's actually he had uh DNF the first two races of the year. So good good for him that they actually got a finish. Um, he kind of said post race they didn't feel they were good enough to get a top five, so he kind of felt like they they locked into it or scrapped their way to it, but. Uh, great run for Bubba in, in that that 23 team seems really good on this type of mile and a half race track. They do. They do. They're bringing that momentum over from last year. But coming home in third and starting off this top three who I you know, I think everybody can agree those these were the top three cars of the race and an HMS one, two, three finish. But coming home in third is my driver, Alex Bowman, who's now second in points, only three points back from Ross Chastain, who finished in 12th place. Um, but Alex Bowman, very consistent. Um, second top five of the year, all race, all of his races, he's finished inside the top 10 with his worst finish coming in eighth place at Fontana last week. But Alex Bowman, he's getting stage points too. Can't really ask for a better start this season. And hopefully this consistency and this good running will pay off in a win soon. Yeah, he's been really solid. And, and this is what we wanted to see from Bowman. This certainly feels like the step forward that, We've been waiting for. I think the real test will be at Phoenix this week because he's not very good at Phoenix. So if he can get a good run at Phoenix, um, his home track might be a sign of a really solid season. Uh, as we mentioned, him and Daniel Suarez are the only drivers to finish in the top 10 both races this year. I think the only reason Chastain is in front of Bowman is because Chastain has won like three stages already. Um, so he's got a lot of points. But Bowman on Sunday also had a lot of stage points, I think, finished top five or or, or top six, definitely. He, he got stage points in both stages. So, so great run for, for Bowman there. Uh, he got 46 points, which is pretty, pretty good on the day. Conum in second, looked like he was close to getting the win. Kyle Larson finishes second. Uh, he led 63 laps, including most of the final uh, stage three run. Was cruising out, had a nearly three-second lead, and the caution comes out for Eric Almirola's half spin in turn four with four laps to go, bringing out the caution, setting up overtime, and William Byron, after both pitted, beat them out, uh, beat the five-team out very slightly. Byron goes on 
to win the race. So, uh, William Byron's your winner. Kyle Larson, second. And we talked about the rest, Alex Bowman, third, and so on and so forth. First win of the year for William Byron. Fifth career win. He leads 176 laps and swept both stages. I don't think anyone would say Larson wasn't a deserving winner if he had won the race, but Byron certainly seemed to have the best car throughout the afternoon. Yeah, he did. Byron had the best car. I think you could go either way. Byron and Larson both both deserved that win, and um, I would go Byron a little bit more just because of the stage, stage wins and the laps he led, but what a dominant performance by HMS, the 1-2-3 finish, and of course we'll get here for a quick second on the Chase Elliott news, but Josh Berry filling in that car, and Josh Berry just trying to learn that car, trying to learn the next gen, which is completely different from the cars they raced in the Xfinity Series. He finished all the way back in 29th, um, so just trying to get his feet wet in that car, but an HMS 1-2-3 finish, with you know one of the probably their second best driver or even you could argue first best driver on that team i'm um, going to be out for multiple weeks with um news came out is was it a tibula tibula fracture tibula is not a bone that's two of two of the bones in the leg uh, <laughs> joined together there's the fibula i think yep yep it's i got mixed tibia. up tibia tibia i think tibia. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he had, he had surgery. Sorry. Um, he had surgery on that Friday night. It's like a three hour surgery. Um, and he's going to be out for a while. Josh Berry, obviously as talented as he is, this car is uh, tough to learn because he finished uh, two laps down in 29th place. Um, it'll be really interesting uh, to see, We'll, we'll we'll probably know more when we do our race preview segment in a day or two because we're recording this segment on Monday the sixth at three thirty Eastern. Um, but Barry struggled in a car that finished second last week, so I don't. I don't it's not the car. Um, although I did, I, I would say Hendrick is probably this. Uh, the nine will probably be the test car for a couple of weeks now, testing things that they might think would be. Uh, an advantage come later in the season, but uh, HMS has applied for a waiver. NASCAR has not granted it yet uh, because they're waiting to see how much time Elliot will miss. So, so this is just a broken bone. He should be back in within two months. You would think, right? Yeah, I would think. I I had a, I had like the thing with my wrist, and that took a couple. Of months. It just depends on how bad it's broken. Like, does it need pins? Does it need, like, you know, plates? Like, what does it need? And that that will come with time. We should know that in a couple of days on his timeline for return. Now, as it stands right now, Barry is listed on the roster for the 19 for Phoenix. However, that can change um, at any point, really, before qualifying. Um, so my question for you here, Connor, before we close this out, who, do you, who would you like to see in that race car before right before we go here? It, it depends on what you want to do. Um, Allgaier is a veteran, and he's, you know, has some cup experience. You could go with him. But if you want to go with the new guy, the kind of the flashy guy, that would be Barry. Um, but I think it really depends on what Napa wants, the sponsor, and, you know, what they think is best. So I, I, I think it's either Barry or, or Allgaier. Those either two are more than, I think, both deserving of that ride for a couple weeks. Allgaier has a penchant for um... – 
uh, is known to be good at Phoenix. We'll talk more about this later in the previous segment and in the new segment as more information comes out. Before, Right before we close this out, as we've been doing the last couple of weeks, smooth move of the week. Um, I'll go first, Connor, and then you can fill yours in. Christian Eckes in the truck race on Friday night got fully sideways in turn four, barely brushed the wall, slid all the way through the corner, and managed to save the car, not cause a caution, didn't make contact with anyone. Look it up on YouTube. It's one of the best saves I've ever seen, that 19 Napa truck uh, of Christian Eckes with my smooth move of the week. Connor, yours. Yeah, mine's William Byron's pit crew. Uh, for getting that, you know, getting Byron off off the pit road before Larson, and that kind of up getting them the win. So, um, I think that's my smooth move of the week. All right, there you have it. The race recap segment is done. Coming up next, some news and other things in segment two of the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. This is segment two of this week's show, and Eric's going to join me to break down some of the news this week. Connor and I touched on the Elliott stuff uh, in the last segment, but that was recorded a couple days ago when we didn't know the full story. So we'll run through it again. Of course, Chase Elliott missed uh, last week's race at Las Vegas um, due to a snowboarding accident, uh, broke his left tibia. Had to have a surgery Friday night, and the team announced uh, on Tuesday that they expect him to be out six weeks. Now, I'm not sure if that's including Vegas, like six weeks from the initial injury or six weeks from now. Uh, regardless, he's going to miss a handful of races. Josh Berry has been tabbed as the replacement in all oval races, and uh, uh, Jordan Taylor will make his Cup Series debut uh, for the nine team at Circuit of the Americas in two weeks, the the road course race coming up, um, which is really interesting. Jordan Taylor is a, a, a really cool guy. Of course, you might have seen his alternate personality, Rodney Sandstorm, on uh, social media, good social media presence, but also an extremely talented driver, the Corvette factory driver in IMSA. Uh, he's won multiple Rolexes, Sebring, 12 hours, those sorts of things, championships. He's a very, very good road course driver, and he has uh, um, non-open wheel uh, road course experience. So I just realized I forgot to say hello, Eric. So um, hello. Hi there. I was I was waiting for the uh I was waiting for you to give me the uh for me to, to ah, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad to be back on the show. I want this to be on record. I was not aware we were only recording a segment. I don't know why I had you. Uh, I, I thought we were recording a full show today, but <laughs> I starting off strong. I texted you like 30 minutes ago saying, hey, do you want to record a segment this afternoon? Um, let me find it. Look, I'm, I'm I'm being silly today, if you can't tell. The first thing I said on the show was me just blabbing and not even getting a coherent sentence. Yeah, yeah I forgot I forgot to toss it over to you and when I finally did you completely fumbled it so <laughs> off to a start start however thoughts on Chase Elliott in general uh start with your thoughts on the injury and then move to your thoughts on the um the replacements 
and and what you think this team is capable of while Elliot is out. I mean, I think I, I everyone shares the uh, the opinion of this really really sucking for Elliot. I mean, no, you never you never want to see anyone get hurt, um, and especially someone as prominent as popular as Elliot because that that you know that's gonna you know that's gonna tank ratings and and stuff like that because people really are gonna think- be upset. Do you really think that there are Elliot fans who won't watch a race now that he's out? I think there's a there's a couple, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think there's a proportion of his fan base that are, I would say, more Elliot fans than NASCAR fans. I mean, that was the case with Dale Jr. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Part of me can't fathom that. Although, someone did point out, and, I, and I've seen people talking about this, uh, because uh, the Vegas ratings this week dropped by, like, I don't know, 300,000 people compared to last year, bigger drop than you would expect. Um, and some people are attributing that to Elliot being out, but, and, and maybe, maybe that's a good number is that, you you know, you're, you have a handful of people that only watch for, for Chase Elliot, a couple hundred thousand people, but still, it just, I don't know. It seems really petty in a way, but at at the same time, some people have been pointing out, like you know, you're more likely to watch like Sunday night football if your team is playing. You know, you're more likely to watch, say, the World Series if your team is in. You know, stuff like that. So I guess I can understand that standpoint. But NASCAR is different than stick and ball sports. I, I I personally I don't think I would ever not watch a race just because a certain driver was or wasn't in the field. I, I think that's also a pretty a pretty fair statement. Um, but I do I do think that since the ratings dropped so hard, uh, like it wasn't like a two percent thing. It was I mean twelve percent. That is that is a big drop. I do think that since the Elliott fan base is so large, that there might be a significant portion of it that simply just watches because they want to see Chase. Yeah, I, and maybe you could also point out um, that he's more of a draw to to new fans even though he does we know because we watch him all the time he doesn't have a super exciting personality he still is i think a big name and more people would recognize the elliot name that don't like more casual or non-fans would recognize the name and tune in you know even though even though he may not have the same um draw as say a jeff gordon or a dale earnhardt or like a Tony Stewart that 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 or yeah like or a Dale Jr. that would pull people in. He still might because of how popular it is. He still might have that sort of draw that we missed out on the casual fans as well. Um. Then again, part of it might also be the fact that you know Byron ran away with it. But all in all, this really sucks. I hope Chase has a speedy recovery and we have him back as soon as possible because. Um, I mean, you 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 would hate to see someone miss out on a playoff bid because of an injury or something like that. It just it's a it's a lame way to go out, and we don't want to see that. So, um, I hope Chase comes back as soon as possible. Uh, agreed, agreed. So, what do you think of the new uh, of of the replacements? Of course, Josh Berry ran Sunday's race as well in the nine car. First uh, laps turned in the next gen car. Um, he finished twenty ninth. 
two laps down, not a very impressive race. Apparently they had some mechanical issue at the end of the race that hindered their speed and performance a little bit, but still he wasn't running well before the end of the race either. Um, do you think he, he's Josh Berry is a good driver. Um, I, I just don't know exactly what to expect from this team because of how different the car is. Here's what I think. Um, Vegas was going to be a bad race no matter what. I mean, not, not only because Barry has not ran the next-gen car that much or, or at all, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm not sure if he has ran it before. Um, but I do also think the fact that it was, you know, kind of a heat-of-the-moment thing. Like, hey, um, Chase gets injured and Josh just happens to be at the track, so they just put him in because that's who they have at the moment, right? I think give it a week for them to, like, properly develop the car for Barry's needs and stuff like that, arrange the seats properly and, and to cater it to what he wants in the car. And I think he might run a little bit better by, you know, the third race or something like that. And by the time he gets used to it, he'll, he'll run fine because like you said, Josh is a really good driver and he's, he's has the talent to learn a car as, as, as he drives it more. So I think we're going to see a decently competitive Barry by the end of it all. Um, Another driver that uh, that is going to be uh, driving, like you said, is Jordan Taylor, which I'm actually really excited about because um, he is really good. Like I've looked into him. He looks like a really, really good driver. And um, Coda is probably the best track that he could be in the car for. Um, I'm really excited to see him drive that. I I think that that is a race winning. Um, that's a race winning opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, it's it's very rare that you get a road course ringer in a good car. You know, it, it's it's very it, because because no team is going to put a ringer in there. Uh, no good team is going to put a ringer in their full. Um, sorry, put a ringer in their full time car because it's a really it's a, any championship contending car. So in the past, you'd have guys like Boris Said and Ron Fellows and and whoever else who are very gr- good drivers, but they're in backmarker cars that have many drivers throughout the season, and they'd still wheel them to a top 15 or a top 10. So put a road course ringer basically into the car that already wins a lot of road course races, that nine team, it could be a potent combination. Yeah, I mean... Alan Gustafson has a lot of experience setting up road course cars. I mean, he's done that for Gordon, which is another notorious, extremely talented road course racer. And now he's doing it for Elliot. I mean, the amount of knowledge Gustafson has for the the road courses, it will play so well into Jordan Taylor's uh, abilities. I, I'm so excited to see this. Like, I, I cannot wait for Coda. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that... That that rolls into the next point here. First of all, actually, I want to talk circle back to uh, Josh Berry here for a quick second. So, if we go six races, including Vegas, uh, Elliot's first race back would be Martinsville. If we go six races from the announcement, uh, Elliot's first is first. Uh, sorry, Elliot's first race back would be Talladega. I personally think. Coming back from a leg injury at Martinsville might not be a great idea um, with an uh, amount of breaking and shifting required there and, and, and such. Whereas Talladega, you could pretty much hold it wide open and, and it would also be easy to to substitute someone out if he's having pain 
you know, like Denny Hamlin did way back when. Um, so we'll we'll see. But what's interesting is there's a lot of road, there's a lot of uh, short tracks in here in this span. You have Richmond, you have Phoenix, you have Martinsville, you have Bristol Dirt, uh, and then you have a super speedway type at Atlanta. So Josh Berry, he's not gonna have. There's not going to be another track like Vegas that's like super bent on speed, um, which plays more into Barry's wheelhouse as well with his, uh, sorry, his his uh, short track background. Those are all very good points. Um, I'm looking back to uh, Kyle Busch's injury. He came back um, and like very shortly after he won Sonoma while he was still in, in a lot of pain. Um I'm not saying that Chase Elliott would necessarily come back to Modernsville and win because that is, like you said, a very break-heavy track. But I do think that if if he feels well enough, I do think he's going to come back. I don't think he's just going to sit it out. Um, and because I just I just think that when, when a driver wants to race, he's going he's to do whatever he can to, to make that happen. Um that, that's, just, that's just my take on it. I, I think that Chase will come back probably as soon as he feels well enough to um now regarding Barry um I do agree with that I think he might have a, some pretty decent runs especially in right now coming up at, at at Phoenix we might see him run pretty decently so um I'm excited overall across the board to see how that nine team is going to uh handle while Chase is out and I'm also pretty eagerly waiting for Chase to come back yeah it, it'll NASCAR is better with Chase Elliott in the field but it's also exciting to see the opportunities that the uh, Barry and Taylor will get here as well. Speaking of Circuit of the Americas, another major uh, driver, superstar, internationally known driver is back. Kimi Raikkonen has announced and, and Trackhouse Racing announced that Raikkonen will be back in the Project 91 car at Circuit of the Americas. He made his Cup Series debut for the 91 team last summer at Watkins Glen, in which he ran pretty well, all things considered before getting take out, taken out in a stage three wreck. So, first of all, paint scheme is gorgeous. Way better than the one last year. Um, second of all, I think he could be a real threat to, to run well in this race. Um, before I give my thoughts on it, I would like to read um, his uh, post on Instagram when he announced this. NASCAR is nice. That is just classic Kimi Raikkonen. Um, love to see, love to see, love to see the energy. <sighs> I'm, That's actually I'm so a lot excited. of energy for Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, I mean that that that's fair. Yeah, I mean, he usually doesn't say anything. All sure. things considered, though, I'm so excited about this. Like, Kimi is so good for the sport. Like, he is the absolute best guy to have in that Trackhouse 91 car. Maybe besides Daniel Ricciardo, because. He all across the board, Kimi is just loved by everyone in motorsports because he is every everything you want a driver to be. He is an absolute wheel man. He loves everything with an engine, and he's a nice dude. I mean, all things considered, he's a nice dude. Besides the occasional, you know, oh, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. Where's my water bottle? Moments. He's he's a funny, memeable guy, and that's that's great. We need people like that in motorsports. So having him in the Project Ninety One car. That is the absolute best case scenario, all things considered. And I am just so excited to see him. I mean, this was his fine this was where his final F1 win was. He could actually be pretty competitive. 
I would I think Raikkonen probably has the most starts at Coda of anyone in the field. I think. Except I mean maybe AJ Allmendinger, but like that that's he he's he knows the track. Of course it's a completely different car. Uh another another uh thing to be excited about for this race, no stage cautions. That should put on a I think should create a much more compelling strategy component. And and it'll probably also help uh, Raikkonen because the one thing that he did seem to struggle with a little bit last year was the restarts. Um, and that's where he ultimately got wrecked and bottled up and, and spun out, uh, which ended his day at Watkins Glen last summer. I, I Look, this... Raikkonen makes this race a, a really big deal, both nationally and internationally. And, and this Coda race, which... Last week, I don't think I was even really considering as a potential for as an exciting race, you know. Um, now I am extremely excited for, for Circuit of the Americas in about two weeks. Yeah, man, this is this is gonna be this that, that's just gonna be a cool race. Coda has always been a cool race. I even the weird rained out one that that was kind of silly, even that one was cool because you know, we don't get rain races and we don't get uh races on such huge stretched out road courses usually so this is this is always a fun race that i'm looking forward to and now even more yeah now the interesting thing about this uh track house thing is marx has made comments recently that the the 91 car is kimmy's as long as he wants it which implies that we this might not be i don't think this would be the only time that we see Raikkonen in the car this year. I would not be shocked at all to see him at other races in 2023. Um, the only other driver that's really been connected to the car is uh, Shane Van Gis- Gisbergen, Gisbergen? Um, a Australian supercars driver, um, which would be really cool because of, first of all, Scott McLaughlin, um, the, the most recent driver to come over. Uh, from that series and, and have success in IndyCar. Uh, Marcus Ambrose, like those guys, when they come over, typically take pretty well to stock cars and such. Uh, Gisbergen is the last, is the three time champion in supercars and has won the last two series. So, um, pretty good, uh, pretty good driver. And he's been linked to them for the, um, for the Chicago Street Course. I think Raikkonen has a lot of appreciate appreciation for uh, for Marx because I mean let's be honest it takes some guts to just randomly call up an F1 champion and be like you want to drive my stock car. I think Raikkonen has a lot of respect for for Trackhouse and and for NASCAR as a whole which I mean I'm, I don't I don't want to generalize but I'm sure you've noticed the you know the attitude F1 the F1 world usually has towards nascar and and then the u.s i mean especially with the whole Andretti thing it is elitist i mean you can't really you can't really call it anything else it is elitist sometimes and i think raikkonen has never really liked or connected with that side of it because this is not the first time he's left f1 and just went and did his own thing so i i I think his retirement and this proves that his retirement was more of a hey i don't really want to do f1 anymore and 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 wasn't just like hey I don't want to drive anymore. I think he just got kind of tired of the drama and the drive to survive stuff and the whole 
oh, this is the greatest thing ever, the motors, the greatest motorsport ever in the world. We look, we're going to Saudi Arabia. How cool is that? I think he just wants to drive cars, and um, I mean, you gotta respect that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Raikkonen uh, certainly brings a lot of attention. Um, he does seem to really enjoy it. I mean, I think I think it's certainly a challenge uh, for him, and he's not racing as much anymore. And all in all, really excited for this weekend, or I guess it's in two weeks. I think January twenty sixth. It is so. Yeah, I I am very excited to see how that goes. Um, any other news this week that you've noticed? I can't think of anything else. Have you talked about a host of our driving uh, an Xfinity oh, for Spire? Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. That is that is news. Um, host of our running, I believe six races for a Spire Xfinity car. It'll be a Chevrolet, of course, a seventy-seven car, and it will be. Uh, with uh, an alliance with Junior Motorsports. So that should be a pretty competitive car, in, in all honesty. Do you think he's ready for the jump? He hasn't won a truck race yet. Now, he probably should have won a truck race, but he hasn't. I think I think he's ready. I mean, look, the truck series is in a weird spot. It has been for years. It's just kind of a weird car. It's a weird, you know, schedule. I mean, one week, one week you, you race two weeks you don't it's 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 hard to get in a rhythm and get momentum building up so if you if you don't have the best car possible you're going to be you you're going to be a little behind and always kind of adjusting it's a weird series it's not in a good it's not in a good in a good spot and the nice trucks aren't that great i just think hosevar is probably getting way more out of those cars than anyone else ever would so I think this is a great opportunity for him. I think he's going to do really well. One race he should have circled, and I think he does, is Charlotte. He always runs really well there, and he's going to make a start there. I think that's where he was probably going to shine the most. And the junior motorsports cars have always been really fast at those types of tracks. So with that sort of help, I mean, this is probably a junior motorsports chassis and engine. It's It's going to be a pretty fast race car. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I completely forgot about that. Um, one more thing. Uh, no, I don't think there's anything else. Unless, I mean, unless you want to talk about the iRacing stuff. Yeah, that's cool, but not, not a huge deal. iRacing made a mistake with their ARCA car in their latest update in which they gave it more horsepower and it raced really well and people really enjoyed it. So they're actually going to create a new class, which I was reading will be free like if you own the art it comes with the arca car and so i have the arca car i don't have to buy it but they're gonna have a car that's designed to be a a gen 4 car a cup car from 2001 through 2006 that era of of car with like 750 to 800 horsepower not much downforce i'm excited uh because the arca car is already fun to drive already on edge and this will just make it faster and more uh on the rails you're gonna get iRacing back again now because of this uh i'm tempted but um i got some stuff i need to buy so i can't really yeah can't really justify putting money into a subscription but i do want to try it out my renewal is coming up in like two months and i don't know if i'm going to be able to to renew it especially if i'm working more this summer anyway any 
Any more thoughts? Because obviously this isn't the end of the episode. We've got the race preview coming up next. But any thoughts before we close this segment off? Um, not really, honestly. Just um, a lot of cool stuff happening. So I'm I'm excited to see see how it all pans out. Yes. All right. Coming up next, Connor and I will preview the upcoming race at Phoenix. New package. Uh, Josh Berry filling in. Lots of exciting stuff to keep your eye on. That's coming up next. In segment three of the Quick Tip Podcast. back to the quick pit podcast made it to the third and final segment of this week's show connor's back for this segment as well as we get ready to preview the upcoming race race number four of the cup series season at phoenix raceway this is the 213 com race preview segment check out the link in the description you can get hats hoodies t-shirts flags even like mouse pads stickers whatever you want with your sim racing team your sim racing league your iRacing car upload it to the site you can buy it and order it and they'll ship directly to your house 213simware.com awesome website check it out in the description below connor it's been a while hit us with the track facts yeah it's fourth race of the season and it's still on that west coast swing out in phoenix at phoenix raceway is the united reynolds work united 500 and in Avondale, Arizona, 312 laps, 312 miles. There, It's a three-day event for the Cup Series. Practice will be on Friday, March 10th at 6.35 p.m., followed by qualifying on Saturday at 2.05, and the race will be at 3.30, um, 3.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. The track information um, located in Arizona was built in 1964. It is an intermediate track. It is paved. It is a one-mile-long track, and caution speed will be 50 miles per hour, and it's this weekend on Fox, FOX, 330. Make sure you don't miss it. I I have maybe unrealistic uh, high expectations for this race. I don't know if you heard. There is a new package this weekend um, that in which they've removed apparently 30% of the downforce on the cars for all short tracks except for Bristol and Dover and all road courses so maybe it'll race okay because i mean the biggest complaint about last year's races was that the there was too much on throttle time the cars were too stuck to the track and as a result the racing wasn't that good so maybe this will fix things who knows yeah that could i heard that on the broadcast on a and uh, last week at Las Vegas, I heard one of Ethan, I think it was Clint Boyer talking about it, and I was didn't really know much about it, and I looked into it, and I I, I think it's going to help, and I'm I'm excited for it. Um, if it brings better racing, and if if it there's better racing, then you know what, I'm fine with it. So, um, I hope it's better racing. I really do. Um, it's kind of one of those, you know, tracks that could be either really good or really bad kind of deal. Um, got that big dog leg. Um, going into one and out of one so uh it's it's a very unique racetrack yeah i still think that the biggest problem is the is is the brakes and the the lack of horsepower but if the if they try and if they can fix it just doing downforce things without having to 
actually change any components. I mean, they're the the big thing is they're they're taking some panels off the diffuser and shortening the spoiler. So stuff they don't have to order new parts for, which is great, saves the team's money. Uh, hopefully uh, this results in some better racing. Let's look at some drivers uh, that should do well on Sunday. Connor, who who do you have your eye on for this week's race? Well, I have my I have my eye on Swordhouse Racing. They've started off really slow and really trash, and they just have not been good. But this is a track they've historically been good at. Briscoe won here last year. This is one of Harvick's best racetracks. And I expect Swordhouse Racing to kind of get on the right page here, get on the right foot in 2023 in the season and start off and like get back into things. Maybe Ryan Priest has a good run. I think Swordhouse Racing is going to come here. They need to have a good race. They need to put something down just to get momentum back into that team after, you know, really a dud of three races that couldn't have gone any worse. And I think Swordhouse Racing is going to come in, put really, really a lot of focus into this weekend and they're going to do very well. And I wouldn't be surprised if a couple cards get inside that top 10, maybe two of them. And you have the other two against out the top 20. I think Sword Out Racing is going to have a very solid run um, here in Phoenix. Kevin Arvick as the best average finish in the field over the last 10 races at Phoenix. I forget what the number is, but he has a streak, a top 10 streak going that's at historical levels, right? Is it like 19 straight races or something with a top I believe, 10? Yeah, I believe it is 19. And I think this would be 20. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 ridiculous here. He's one. I think he's probably the best driver, yeah. best driver on the circuit. That's he's he pretty much owns Phoenix. He's so good at it. That would mean that would mean he has he has not finished outside of the top ten since he's been since before the last time he finished. He didn't get a top ten at Phoenix was before he came to Stuart Haas. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah. So of course Harvick on the top of this list. Uh, in the last 10 races, he has one win, five top fives, 10 top tens, a pole, average finish of 5.4. Interesting thing is, he's only got one win. So, I mean, he hasn't won here in a while. I I, I don't know when his last win was at Phoenix, but um, I know he has three or four. Um, his last win came in 2018. Um, his last pole came also in 2018. So, um Harvick, the guy to have your eye on. It, it, you mentioned Stuart House Racing. They Harvick, Harvick is third in points, but it certainly doesn't feel like that. You know? Um, yeah. He's, yeah, I just... He's it, scrapped it's... his way to a couple top tens. Sorry, cut you off. No, yeah, he's just... he's He's been where the car isn't fast, but he's taken advantage of late race, late race cautions at Daytona and... Las Vegas, some crashes at Fontana. He's taking advantage of these where these other cars get involved in incidents where he gets his other opportunities, six inside the top ten. And right now, a lot of cars, like a lot of people in this field, either like they'll have they've had one good run, and then the other two races have been really, really bad. And right now, if you're just consistent enough, you're gonna be inside the top five of points right now. It's just that early in the season. But yeah, Kevin Harvick, this could be this could be one of those races where he says this is my year i'm going out i'm retiring after this year i'm this is all i got left and he's gonna go have one of those kevin harvick dominant races where he leads the whole day you know what i mean yeah i mean this would definitely be the track to do it i think chase briscoe chase briscoe led over 100 laps here last year when at uh, stuart house racing was not looking great at that point either here I, i i want you to guess connor who is the next highest Stuart Haas racing driver in points, and where is he? 
Ugh. Is it is it Briscoe? No. It's Almirola. It it is Almirola. Where is he? Twenty seventh. Uh you're you're a little far off. He's in twenty first. So oh. Almirola, and, and remember, Almirola did win a duel. So oh yeah, that's ten yeah. points. If not for the duel win, he would be right around twenty seventh. Um, guess, jeez, guess where Priest and Briscoe are. Reese is probably like second to last behind like Jimmy Johnson, like in front of Jimmy Johnson. And Briscoe's probably a couple spots in front of him. So, so, oh, geez, this is bad for uh, on another level. Ty Dillon is still tied with Jimmy Johnson in points for last. Oh, mm-hmm. and then, and then Reese is third among SHR. He's in 31st place. Um, and then uh, Chase Briscoe is 32nd, one point behind him. And Yikes. now now looking at this list, you know who's worse than both of them? Tyler Reddick. It, it is Tyler Reddick. He, Tyler Reddick has the same amount of points as Travis Pastrana in 34th yeah, place. Cody Ware is higher in points than than all three of these guys, Priest, Briscoe, and Reddick. Yeah. You also got to realize it's only three races in, and you know, Reddick's been involved in an accident every week besides Las Vegas. So, um, yeah. well, in Las Vegas, I think he got caught up in that last lap crash. So he's been involved in these wrecks. So it's early. I think that will that will kind of shuffle out and see who's real. And, I, and you know, Reddick's probably going to win a race or two here this year, and he'll be just fine. Yeah, but here's the issue for Priest and Briscoe is that they haven't, even though uh, Priest Priest has DNF twice already, Briscoe once. But both races, Briscoe has finished. I've been, he's just been slow. Him and Priest yeah. have just been slow. It's not even like they, they've run well and, and they've fallen apart. So, Stuart Haas, like you said, really needs a good run to turn it around. Anyone else that you have your eye on uh, before we get into picks? I always have my eyes on the Penske drivers. They've been historically good here. Logano won the championship here last year. I just think Penske is one of those teams that, you know, We'll put a good run together at at a track like Phoenix. So I got my eyes on those two teams. Maybe not the top two teams with Hendrick and Gibbs, but they'll be up there. All those top teams will be up there. But I think I think Penske and and SHR are gonna have very good days. Uh, we mentioned um, SHR here. A quick stat for you: Eric Almirola over the last ten races at Phoenix has the sixth best average finish at ten point seven, and he's yeah. finished every single one of those races, which is something only a few drivers in the field can say. Two top fives and five top tens in that span. Uh, pretty good uh, for, for him. Uh, Kyle Larson has a win here. Denny Hamlin has a win in the last 10. Kyle Busch has two. He has the second best average finish at 6.6. I think that's a very strong pick because Tyler Reddick was very fast here last spring. Uh, almost won it, uh, battling with Chase Briscoe. Same team, same crew chief, same car. Uh, Kyle Busch definitely that team is on a roll right now, and he has a lot of laps led in that span. So, um, I, I, I like that pick as well. Yeah, those are all good, very picks, and I, th- I think it's going to be a very interesting race with this new package. All right, you want to get into our picks to win? Let's do it. All right, um, Connor, you haven't been on in a while. Let's let's hear your pick first. Yeah, well, you know how I started off with this ace. SHR, you know, how they're going to have a good weekend. Well, that's because my pick's coming from that team. Kevin Harvick is going to go out with a bang. Uh, when is one of his final 
two races when his you know second to last race at Phoenix um in his you know in his full-time racing career here in NASCAR he's gonna go out get a win um put himself in a very good situation with points lock himself in the playoffs and SHR is gonna start off their season three weeks too late well four weeks late um but Kevin Harvick's gonna get the win our Eric's pick is Ryan Blaney who definitely needs a good run, but I think that's a pretty solid pick. He led laps here in the spring and in the fall race. Um, Connor, do you have series pick? I also did a random pick, so I guess um, if you have series pick ready, we can go with that. Yeah, I do not. So if you want to just we can series pick will be that uh, random number you have, yes, series, or whatever. Series pick is Kyle Busch. That is a good pick. Siri yeah. might beat us all this week. Um, well, has she ever won yet? I don't know if she ever has. Yeah, she didn't win last year, and I don't think she won the year before. I think she's only like an O for like seventy run here. Has let, not won. I don't think she's ever won one. Let me look. I, I don't to... think. I don't think she's ever won one in the history of the Quit Pit Podcast using a series pick. I don't think she's ever won one last year, the year before. I don't think she's ever won one. I can't really remember. She did not win last year. She's That's what not, I thought. She's not won so far this year. And I don't even know if we have our 2020 data, but I can look. Uh, I don't think she did. I don't. I yeah. I don't think. So I I don't know if we started Siri in 2020. I think we started that last year. But it used to just be us two, our two picks. Then we added Siri in a little bit after. I'm not sure when we added her quite exactly. Okay. I'll I'll do research once we're off air. I'm pretty sure we did it in 2021, but not our first year in 2022. Or 2020. Anyway, uh, I am going. Shoot, I had it in my head and then I forgot. Uh, oh, yes. I'm going to go with Alex Bowman. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I would not be mad if you win this week. I actually kind of hope you win this week. Yeah, I, I, I want you to win. He's on. Uh, he's got a lot of momentum. Blake Harris, I think, is. Soon to, to like fully break out as a top crew chief. Um, I mean, you look at what he did with McDowell last year at front row, 12 top tens with front row is pretty dang impressive. And then starting off this year immediately with three straight top tens at three different tracks uh, for Bowman coming off of a, an injury last year, you would think it would be a bit of a slow start to the year, possibly getting his legs back under him. But no, he is uh, he's on fire. Only one of only two drivers with a top 10 in all three races. And so he's my pick, even though I don't know. I mean, does Bowman have a top 10 at Phoenix? He does. I remember last year, the year before, he snuck in like 10th or 9th place, like barely got in. It's not one of his better racetracks, but I think a lot of that was Greg Ives holding him back last year and holding him back in the and then the past, I think I think Blake Harris was one of the greatest hires in recent memory for a crew chief. Just kind of help out that car and help out that driver. And I, I think he's going to have a very good week. And I think he's going to keep that momentum going as long as he doesn't get stuck. All starts with qualifying. You get you get up front. You can hold that track position. You get out of people's messes. You're good. Uh, so I, I just checked. He only has one career top ten, and it's the race in 2016, his breakout race with. Uh, Filling in for Dale Jr. when he won the pole and led 194 laps, uh, lost the lead late finish. That's his only career top 10 at Phoenix. Yeah. Time for him to fix that. His, his, his best finish, he's finished 13th twice. 
most recently in 2021 race one. That's that's his best prior finish. So um, we're gonna we're gonna say he snaps the streak not only of top tens but he goes and gets that win at Phoenix. All right, any final thoughts, Connor, before we close the the episode out? Nope. Ready for this weekend? Ready for the fourth race of the year? All right, let's do it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Thank you to Washington on the daily spoilerdiecast.com and 213simware.com. Thank you for the increased support recently. Continue that. Keep sharing it and spreading it around. We got a bit of momentum going at the start of this year. And we'll see you next time on the Quick Tip Podcast. <laughs>